Welcome to Pathfinder Academy. Class is now in session. Here are your professors, Caleb and Christian. Thank you all for staying. You may be seated. In today's extra credit, we'll be going over the archetypes and two example builds for the Blood Rager class. We have just discussed it. You know, the Blood Rager is the mix between the Sorcerer and the Barbarian. We just went over all their class abilities. Let's look at what options they have in their archetypes. We talked about how great their level 20 thing was. Yeah, let, let's go over what archetypes <laughs> could be replaced, or what abilities they have that could be replaced to make new versions of the Blood Rager. What... I don't think we ever mentioned, what are we looking for in an archetype? Or what are you looking for in an archetype, Caleb? I'm looking for two things. One, for it to, everything it replaces to be on the level or better than what it's replacing. Mm -hmm. So I don't want to get something worse for something I'm giving up. If I'm giving up my ability to rage for my ability to track at full movement speed, <laughs> uh, I'm not going to pick that archetype. <laughs> we'll call that every hunter, druid, fey thing ever <laughs> archetype. Uh, the other thing I'm looking for is to is flavor. Is if I, if I have a really specific idea for my character, sometimes I, I you'll have to go into the archetype to really find that. That's something I agree with as well. When I look at archetypes, I often want things that allow me to do a new version of the Blood Rage. Or like, I don't want to be the ragey, smashy guy. Maybe I want to focus more on the spell casting. Maybe there's an archetype that focuses more on spell casting than combat. Things like that. I think actually a third one would be, if there's one you just don't like, find something that replaces that. So if as a Blood Rager you really hate... Oh, let me think something they have. Um, you think that bonus to AC is the stupidest thing in the world. You're like, I don't need that. I got spells and items and stuff. I need to go see if there's a archetype somewhere that replaces that part of my Blood Rager. I can think of better examples for other uh, other classes. Like for as a fighter, if you if you don't like the armor proficiency, is that what it's called? Armor training. If you don't like the armor training, go find an archetype that says replaces armor training. The main thing we're going to see with the Blood Rager is that the number one thing replaces uncanny dodge and improved uncanny dodge. Paizo loves replacing those two class abilities, just like with the rogue. So a lot of that's what most of these replace, but there's a lot more. So let's step right into it. Let's look at the first archetype listed in the advanced class guide, the blood conduit. Now this is where I just you pour things and blood moves down a certain path, right? Yes. It's the yeah, blood conduit. You, you get knowledge, fluids, and physics. Knowledge. <laughs> that's my favorite knowledge check. Everybody roll knowledge fluids. <laughs> the the blood conduit's flavor is around you manifest your power. It's, just... a little, it's a little metallic, I think. No. <laughs> a little... <laughs> the blood conduit's flavor is focused around you manifest your power and your spells through touch, as well as being able to cast spells. You can touch people and affect them with your spells, kind of like almost like you can't control it, although you can, obviously, mm -hmm. as you're the player. But let's look at what they do mechanically. So right at level one, you can choose from extra bonus feats. You lose ma fast movement. And you can pick these feats instead of your bloodline feats, and you can pick stuff like unarmed strike and a handful of combat maneuvers. I think it's grapple, drag, reposition. Yeah, trip, bull rush. Stuff that involves you actually touching the other person. You right. can get these as bonus feats, and you lose fast movement. At level 5 is where we really get into what the blood conduit's all about. Whenever you punch someone or you do one of those maneuvers we just mentioned, you can deliver a touch spell as a free action. Reminds me kind of the magus. Kind of, yeah. Except you're doing it, whereas the Magus takes like a four-round action, and he casts the spell, and he attacks. This is more like you're fishing for an extra hit. You hit someone, and then you just release the spell automatically. Oops, oh, sorry, that usually doesn't happen to oh, me. Oh, I'm so... 
Now this replaces, as I had mentioned, Uncanny Dodge and Improved Uncanny Dodge. So you're losing Surprise. you're losing a defensive ability for an additional offensive ability. This is kind of like in video games, just playing XCOM, and like I, I got to the point where I can have a psionic warrior, oh soldier, and I can do all these like um, debuffs to my opponent. I'm like, yeah, but why don't I just kill him? <laughs> why would I debuff them when I can just when I can just kill them? So it's like, why get better AC when I can just kill them before they hit me? <laughs> that, that's actually a big thing in Pathfinder action economy wise. You typically want to kill enemies before they can do anything drastic to you. Especially if you know your GM's the kind of guy that likes to have guys lying in wait for, with things. Yeah, which is what you're going to be penalized from if you lose Uncanny Dodge because now you can be caught flat-footed. All right. So also at level 14, when the Blood Rager is grabbed or a subject of one of the combat maneuvers we mentioned, when someone else does it to him, as an immediate action, he can cast a touch spell. So this guy, all of a sudden, he wants to bull rush me and put me past, uh, push me past where I was going. I could touch him, burning hands him, and that's what you get. Yeah. So, all in all, you're giving up a lot of defensive abilities. You're losing fast movement, you're losing, improve, you're losing uncanny dodge, and improved uncanny dodge, and you're getting offensive abilities. So this is a very offensively themed class. I feel like you give up a lot, but you're not getting a lot in return. Your touch spells aren't particularly deadly as a Blood Rager. You're going to have, like, what, Shocking Grasp and things like that. Uh, when I, we'll see when I'm... We'll see when we go and over... And also, you, you have to punch things. So now you have to go over through the whole, you know, specking for unarmed combat. We'll see when we go over my character, but I had to pick a lot of defensive things because I think your AC suffers as a blood rager. Oh, it definitely does. So I think that losing these defensive things, man, it's pretty tough. This is not something uh jumping out of me as I would pick it. it. It's it's difficult just because of the lack of defense. The just like the barbarian, the blood rager avoids damage through temporary hit points, a big hit die, and you know, things like that, uncanny dodge and DR. You're losing one of your big defensive abilities for I think something that as an offensive ability isn't strong enough. But I still really like this flavor wise. I still think this is a really fun one, certainly. Yeah, definitely. The kind of guy who's like, I, I can't quite contain what I have. Especially like when you're raging. You don't think as you're raging, like, Rah! okay, now which spell do I want? <laughs> you know, you want to, it's like, ah, and he's just accidentally releasing things. Okay, that's the Blood Conduit. Let's go on to the next one, the Blood Rider. Now, this is for your very niche-specific uh, underwater campaign, but a sea of blood. And you're able to just ride waves like a surfer. This is your surfer. If you guys want to make a surfer, it's the Blood Rider, right? You get a surfboard mount. Right, at level one, which is good, because usually you have to wait for level three for that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Tell me what really is the Blood Rider. Blood Rider is about having a mount. You are a Blood Rager, and you also have a mount. So how does it achieve this mechanically? At level one, you get fast movement, but you don't get fast movement. Only mounts you have get your fast movement bonus. Now, note at this point, you don't... mounts don't move fast enough. Yeah. They it's not like... 50 feet around isn't enough. I want 60 <laughs> feet around. Exactly. You are aware that I have a limited board, right, Baizo? I mean, I don't have a map the size of Manhattan. <laughs> now, note that you don't actually have, like, a druid animal companion at the moment. You, so you'd have to pick up, like, a riding horse from a stable or something to get used to this. Not until level 5, you get an animal companion, like a druid, at your level minus 4. This replaces, again, uncanny dodge and improved uncanny dodge. And this, that's really good. Animal companions are always really strong. This enables you to take the boon companion feat. It, well, basically forces you to take the boon companion feat if you don't want your mount being killed all the time. Right. At minus four, they're actually pretty hefty. Your mount, don't pick him for doing any damage. He's definitely the guy just to 
survive and move you around. You're not going to be attacking with them, I don't think. We're going to see with the rest of this, well, not until level 9, but with the rest of this archetype is focused around buffing your mount now. Uh, offensively or defensively? Uh, both, actually. Oh, really? At level 9, whenever you blood rage and you're on your mount, your mount gets any immunities and resistances that your bloodline effects offer. So if you have, like, the elemental bloodline and you start raging and you get resistance or immunity to fire, your mount also gets resistance and immunity to fire. Which is good because you're both rushing in. Yeah. <laughs> I we both rush in, only I rush out, so it works. Not with the blood rager. Also, any spell effect with the range of personal, that is, if you cast on yourself, so if you cast uh, Mage Armor, if you cast Form of the Dragon, no, not Form of the Dragon. Oh, any sp- it's any spell effect, so if you cast, like, Form of the Dragon on yourself, your mount also gets the benefits of that spell. I'm a dragon. Oh, dragon. <laughs> oh, We're a dragon. Dragonception. <laughs> this, now, this is weird, because you get this at level 9, but it replaces your level 11 bloodline feat. But that, that's a really powerful ability. Casting a range... The reason something is personal range is because it's only supposed to affect the person that cast it because it's a really powerful effect. Now, you're basically casting two at the same time and one is on a different person. So that's pretty good. But you say offensive, I guess just... Is there any personal spells that are offensive? Buff spells. Form of the Dragon I'd consider offensive because yeah, yeah, you're getting, yeah. like, what, plus six to strength or something? I think mostly this is really just to keep your, your mount alive. I don't really see you picking, like, a wolf so that you can attack things with your mount. Well, we'd have to look at the mount list more specifically, but remember, they, they're large-sized creatures, so they're, they're pretty strong in their own right, and if you take Boon Companion, it's going to be a full-strength mount. Right. So I had mentioned the Boon Companion feat. What Boon Companion says is that you treat your druid level for your animal companion four levels higher. It just can't go over your character level. So it's for people that either multi-class or for people like Rangers, and right now the Blood Rider that have a companion that is weaker than their level their level minus four this brings up to equal your level yes which so it's if a full i'm right strength. even druids don't have isn't it what minus one their level nope their level i thought i had a level 10 druid and i had a i'm sorry hunter a level 10 hunter and only a level one uh, a level nine companion their hit die it's the effective strength of a level 10 druid but that's gonna that's not gonna mean a level 10 companion gotcha it gotcha. means the on the table that they if you look on their stats and stuff they get yeah, the stuff because i would have been upset that the flood rager had a better companion than <laughs> the hunter it's not the way it's supposed to work i, I like this archetype uh if you want to get a out and you want to be a blood rager i see no reason not to take this mm-hmm. you're losing uncanny and improved uncanny dodge again which kind of is bad but i think for the rest of the stuff it replaces is very reasonable and the whole idea is you're getting into that battle quicker, which, as a Blood Rager, you want to be next to the person exactly. now. Though arguably not as much as the uh, Barbarian, because you do have spells that have range. So the next archetype is called the Cross-Blooded Rager. And this is less of an archetype, and this is more of like an option you have available to you. People in the South hate this guy. Cross-Blooded? Yeah, they're very racist. Oh my gosh, are we going there? <laughs> <laughs> are we going there? Is that what we're doing today? <laughs> So if you know the cross-blooded sorcerer, you know they get two bloodlines, and basically you can pick and choose between the two bloodlines every time you level up. You want this feat, you want this power, whatever. Cross-blooded rager is very similar. You pick two bloodlines, and you have access to their different bonus spells or different bonus feats and their different bonus powers. You can basically pick and choose between them every time you level up. You can pick between one of the two. But this comes at a really big cost. You permanently, as a cross-blooded rager, you permanently have a minus two penalty on will saves, and you don't get the plus two morale bonus to will saves while raging. Hmm. That's effectively a minus four. 
for all combat purposes, which is a really big hit. Yeah, especially because that's your weakest thing is being hit by spells that'll make you that'll cause you to make a will save. Now this isn't I don't think this is very powerful right now, but the thing about something like Crossblood Rager is that as more bloodlines are released, this retroactively becomes more powerful. You're gonna find certain combinations, certain powers you really want to mix together that are very powerful because you don't have to pick, say you level up to level eight as a blood rager. You don't have to pick between the two level 8 bloodline powers of your two bloodlines. You can pick one of the different ones that you haven't picked before, one of the lower ones. So there's a lot of options to make right. there, and there's a lot of mixing you can do to potentially make something very powerful. Right. So, yeah, I could see how you have to counterbalance it. You, you'd really have to do your homework for this one and kind of plan out your build kind of meticulously. Honestly, what this is is a feat tax. I mean, it's just going to make you take... Uh, Indomitable Will and Great... I think it's Indomitable Will. Iron Will. Iron Will and Greater Iron Will. Or Improved Iron Will. I think that's kind of what this is. Yeah, you could. I could look at it like that. Yeah, and it would There's force trait- you to get items and stuff that help right. you with your will save to counteract this. There's traits uh, that will increase your will. Honestly, it's actually not the worst. About, I'd say, maybe around level 10. When you can really get all those magic items. Mm-hmm. Um, but until then, I think it's pretty tough. Yeah, especially because you actually do get stuff like Indomitable Will. You eventually kind of get them the will save back. But until then, you, you, you effectively have a minus four, which is pretty steep. So the next archetype is called the Green Ranger. This guy ate oh, excuse me. something very wrong for lunch. I'll tell you that right now. I said, uh, I said Green Ranger. Nope, this is the Green Ranger. <laughs> yes, correct. The Green Ranger. <laughs> Very ineffective unless he has these up, the red ranger, the yellow <laughs> ranger, and the other rangers with him. <laughs> the, the, Be careful. This isn't the girl. The girl was the pink ranger. All right. This is 90s, and we have stereotypes, sir. <laughs> Green is close, but it's not quite a girl color. That was Tommy. And he <laughs> eventually became the white ranger. I don't That's kind of racist as well. Like, what, <laughs> what was wrong with Green? <laughs> No, this is the Green Rager, excuse me. This is a very druidic-flavored archetype. At level 3, you lose Blood Sanctuary, which is that bonus to saves against your own spells and ally spells, which is a pretty simple one to give up, honestly. And you get the Woodland Stride ability while raging. You're trading a simple one to get a simple one. Yeah. But, you know, like we said earlier, you want to get quickly into the battle, so it's good when you don't have to slow down because you're fighting in the woods. Yeah, you can charge right through the brambles. Don't care. You go right through them. At level 6, you add all summoned nature's allies spells to your spells known. And that's every time you level up and get a new spell level, you get the new summon nature's ally for the appropriate level. This is something that was given to the hunter, so this is an interesting uh, addition from a class that we are going to be talking about. Uh, this does replace their level 6 bloodline feat, so like I'd probably take a feat that says add all summon nature's ally spells to your spells known. That's pretty pretty good so you're not so far we haven't lost anything big we lost blood sanctuary not a big ability we lost one bonus feat for something that we like so at level nine the creatures you summon rage when you summon them oh my gosh i was in the bath and all of a sudden you're summoning me here oh i see how it is we're working on christian get, time nobody get, cares get about at me. the people over there please. oh yeah oh no yeah cause look this thing. yo they really throw me hey how you doing oh look the arrows are pointing to you i find that interesting i don't mind not, that not for long hey you're, i'm gonna step gonna over keep, there you guys have in your mouth you guys have ow that's it <laughs> whenever you summon something with summon nature's ally they get a plus four morale bonus to strength and constitution, kind of like they're raging. 
at level 11, this scales to a plus 6. And at level 20, this scales to a plus 8. That's okay. That's, that's, that makes them strong. And that's all this, that is all this archetype gets. So we've only replaced a bonus feat, and we've replaced Sanctuary and gotten these things. So you can't really measure, is it worth it? Because, well, you didn't really lose anything. You're just kind of getting this stuff in addition to what was already there. And if you get all your nature's ally creatures all lined up together, put them in different color suits, you can transform together <laughs> to become the Megatron or whatever the heck they called it. I didn't watch Megaz- Power Rangers. Megazoid? Megazoid. 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 And then you can kill... Uh, wait, I know... Don't, don't ruin this for me. I know her name. Um, the witch lady. Rita. I just said don't ruin this for me. <laughs> I had to. Rita's Italian ice. <laughs> and to fight her. Cookies and cream isn't a water ice. <laughs> <laughs> I hate that term. Water ice. It kills me. It's Italian ice. Get out of here. Tired of you Jersey people. You know, back in, uh, when I was a kid, my grandpa had um, like one episode of Power Rangers. And it's like the only episode I ever got to see because I go over his house and we play the stupid thing over again. And then as I got older, my parents bought me a Power Ranger movie. It was like, not Secrets of the Ooze. That's, there that's, was so much lore you had missed out yeah, on. You were so confused. Like the, I was. The depth of the story was just like beyond your comprehension. You were like, oh my god, there's so much character development <laughs> that I've missed. The, uh, the Secret of the Ooze, uh, not the Ninja Turtles movie, but this is what we're calling this one because I can't remember. I had like this weird purple guy. And I, I was, like I said, confused. I'm like... Who is this floating blue head that all the Power Rangers are talking to? Who's this purple guy? Why is he wearing roller skates? I don't understand everything. It had but a... it's the first time I heard the song Free Ride. So <laughs> I'm going to give Power Rangers a pass on that one. And they fought skeleton dinosaurs. That was pretty cool. <laughs> Power Rangers is, had very expert writers on yeah, staff. Yeah. And it was really deep. And there was a lot of symbolism. What was it I... Zorg? What was the red guy? He looked awesome. I thought as a kid. No, no idea. I thought he looked great. <laughs> Fabulous. Oh, didn't mention so Pathfinder. <laughs> didn't mention the ability you get at level nine, where the things you summon rage that does replace something that replaces another bonus feat. So you've lost two bonus feats in Blood Sanctuary. Not a big deal. Now the big thing about this archetype is that that rage bonus your summoned creatures get when you summon them that stacks with a very common feat taken known as Augment Summoning. You take School Focus Conjuration, and then you take Augment Summoning. What Augment Summoning says is that whenever you summon a creature, it gets a plus four enhancement bonus to strength and constitution. Wow. So these stacks, so you could pinch it. Better have, than you are. <laughs> you have very powerful creatures coming on into play there, but the problem is, is that you only have up to summon nature's ally four, I believe. So does the buffs that they get to be stronger, does that really compensate for the fact that you're summoning basically five spells under what you should be at that level or what you could be at that level as a full caster hmm. it's a tough thing to think about I, I honestly didn't look at the summon nature's allies four list so i'm not sure but they're definitely good for fodder i mean they're if enemies don't kill them with that plus what eight twelve to strength they're probably gonna be hitting pretty hard yeah plus eight's uh it's not it's nothing cheap especially if we pick something that already has a high strength right i picked the bull okay well plus eight the bull i'm guessing it's gonna do okay Let's take a let's take a quick look at the Summon Nature's Allies three list. So when you get fourth level spells and you can catch cast Summon Nature's Ally four, you can summon one d three of Summon Nature Ally three creatures. So let's take a look at the uh, what do we think strong the ape. Let's look at the ape. See, there it's a CR two creature. Yeah, I'm saying this isn't super worth it. 
Well, you also have to note that they have like special abilities. Like if you pick Snake, you can you but can that's... grab and constrict somebody and take them out of the battle for like the whole battle. Meanwhile, they're just slowly losing HP. But there's not a lot of special abilities on the list at this point. They're usually more later on the list. Uh, I don't. I really don't think that. Let's let's look at fourth level. You summon one really big one. Let's summon a really big tiger, because tigers have pounce, which is cool, right? So <laughs> right. Gr- granted, you have augment summoning, and you're using your plus six at this level to their strength and constitution. They're getting a cumulative plus eight. Uh, no, pl- no augmented summoning. They're getting a cumulative plus ten to their strength and constitution which will bring them to two claw attacks at plus 15 and a bite at plus 14. 1d8 plus 10 uh, now. 1d8 plus 11 and 2d6 plus 11. So I guess... That's not bad. That's, that's, not, that's not bad, and they're getting how many temporary... And hit? how many can you summon at a time? Just one. This is one big one. Okay. So I'm... I'd have to look more into it. I'd look at how their stats work out and what levels you could do this at. But as of right now, I'm saying that's some weak summons, dude. Yeah. Even with the buff, that's still well, you can't pretty expect, weak. You're you're a rager. Your your job is in summoning, right? This is right. Kind of this is just to round you out. But we spent too much time on the green ranger. <laughs> Why don't we go on to meta magic rager? Da, da, da. The meta magic. I would love if this had like nothing to do with meta magic. <laughs> <laughs> this is like the meta magic. You, 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 you smash people the, who use meta magic. Yeah, the meta magic rager is really good with two handed weapons. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Give them meta magic rods and they hit people with them. That's Even right, better. That's right. The Metamagic Rager is another one that I see less of an archetype and more as just an option that should have been presented to regular Blood Ragers. Okay. So you lose Improved Uncanny Dodge. Big whoop. You can't be flanked now. Not a really difficult thing to lose. But at level 5, you get the ability to apply Metamagic to spells you know. Now, the way it works is that it doesn't increase the spell level, but you have to spend a number of rounds of Rage equal to twice the adjusted level of the spell. So if you want to cast a level 1 spell with a level 1 meta magic on it, uh, that makes it a level 2 spell effectively. You have to spend 4 rounds of rage to cast it. So I have to spend 4 rounds just sitting there doing that? Well, no, 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 no. That, you spend rounds of rage. You do oh, it okay. as when you cast as like a spell a as like a free action. Okay. Now the reason this is really cool is because you can now use Quicken Spell. You couldn't use Quicken Spell before. It's going to be really late in the game, and it's going to take away like half your rage rounds per day (laughs) but you can quicken spell which is really powerful because you're already applying spells on yourself when you rage as part of your raging glass ability your greater blood rage and now you can cast another one as a swift action this is getting really you could potentially do some really cheesy stuff just with quicken spell alone yeah but i just like it because it opens up the option of meta magic because meta magic adjusts the spell level you had a really really constricted list of spells you can meta magic before, but because it doesn't affect the spell level, you could quicken a level four spell. You can, you know, apply three different meta magics to one spell because it's a level one spell because it's still level one. It's actually, in my opinion, almost a little bit cooler than normal meta magic rules because you don't have to increase the level anymore. Yeah, it, it just opens up a lot of options. The next archetype is the Primalist archetype. And again, this is one that I look at less of as an archetype and more as an option available to regular Blood Ragers. Hey, Blood Ragers, don't like the Bloodline powers you get? Replace them with Rage powers. Hmm. So at level from level 4 and there on out, whenever you get a Bloodline power, you may instead take two Rage powers instead of getting the Bloodline power. 
Now, at the time of this recording, Pathfinder and Chained has come out. So I think this has become more powerful than when the Advanced Class Guide came out because now you have a bigger list and a more effective list, in my opinion, to choose from. Right. The new Rage Powers have a lot of the stance abilities, which are really strong, and it's reworked a couple of them to be more powerful, and it did nerf a few other ones. This is just options. Options are always good. Versatility is the name of the game in Pathfinder. This is just a huge number of versatility. You get a rather weak Bloodline ability. Heck, take two Rage Powers that complement your character build to this point. Yeah. It's good. And, this, and is... th- this stacks with every single archetype. It doesn't technically replace anything. It only replaces bloodline powers optionally, and no other archetype replaces bloodline powers, so you can just find rage powers and go at it. Now, this is one of the ones that are brought up commonly when people say that Blood Rager is just a stronger barbarian. You can basically cherry-pick the best rage powers now and lose one of your weaker blood rage abilities. One that's commonly brought up, which I'm questionable about is the superstition rage power you just get a really big bonus to saving throws against spells but you have to save against ally spells i'm wondering if that includes your own spells no they would say your own i think i'd have to look at superstition it it says your allies but barbarian was made you know knowing that barbarians can't cast spells right Hmm. but then again they could multi-class anyway we won't get into that but just know that this is an option and again, this is one that's really strong just because it's so versatile. And it gives you, it's cherry picking. You can cherry pick the best things. So it's a power ga- gamer's wet dream. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> yes, it is. Let's move on to the Rage Shaper. These names are really, like, not the best. <laughs> Rage Shaper. Punch Herder. <laughs> Man Stabber. <laughs> Angry Person. <laughs> Even angrier person. <laughs> uh. So the rage. Shaper. Now your horse is a rager. <laughs> the rage shaper. This focuses on transmutation spells. Whenever you cast a transmutation polymorph spell on yourself, it is more powerful. Your damage dice for the attacks go up by one, and any special movement ability they give you also goes up by a small number. So at level four. Whenever you cast a polymorph spell on yourself, any natural attack you have, the damage die goes up by one. That's a level four. It's not a plus one bonus. Your dice goes up by one step. No. That's good. And ninth level, whenever you get a m- form of movement from a polymorph spell, like you get a swim speed or you get a fly speed, that increases by ten feet. Mm. Now, this only replaces Blood Sanctuary. Then again, Blood Sanctuary, not a really big deal to lose. Unless you know that your allies are going to be casting Fireball in your vicinity a lot. So, so, so far, <laughs> this is... real jerks for allies. <laughs> if, you, if you know you're going to be casting Polymorph spells on yourself, no reason not to take this so you far. come back without an eyebrow how many times? <laughs> Dude, you were surrounded by like five guys. That's what I do. I get right into the battle. I'm just sorry. I'm sorry. I told you it was going to do... I mean, I've done it five times now. At this point, it's your fault. <laughs> I'm auditing your sheet. How many fireballs can you cast a day? We're only level six. You can't do that. <laughs> Get out of here. Now, at level five, anytime you cast a polymorph spell on yourself, you can attempt to bolster it. You make a special concentration check as if you're casting the spell defensively. If you succeed, the polymorph spell gets the extend meta magic feat applied to it for free. Wow. Now, this does apply to spells that come from your bloodline, like elemental body. And if you do get one from your bloodline as a bonus spell, then you don't have to make the concentration check. It is always extended. This replaces Improved Uncanny Dodge. So again, we've lost Blood Sanctuary, and we've lost Improved Uncanny Dodge. So if you're going to be casting Polymorph spells on yourself, no reason not to do it. Those are two very small things to lose. Yeah. 
Alright, Spell Eater. This one sounds cool. Uh, this is, pro honestly, right off the bat, this is probably one of the weakest ones. No, but Bye. the name is so cool, Christian. It's one of the not bad ones. <laughs> Spell Angerer. <laughs> so, whenever you're blood raging, right at level one, whenever you're blood raging, you get fast healing one. This, oh, this, so bad. this scales up later in the game. At level seven, you get plus one, and every three levels after. So later in the game, this is pretty powerful. Fast healing is a powerful effect. This replaces damage reduction and uncanny dodge, so your defensive abilities. So you, you gave up defensive abilities for another defensive ability. I'm okay with that because I think the, the DR we get is pretty pathetic. Even when it, go, it takes, what, level, like, frickin' 18 to get plus two or whatever it is. It takes forever to even get plus two to your DR. Um, buying two DR. So I'm not super sad about this. I mean, it's pretty cool. Now, note that even though this replaces damage reduction, you're still considered a creature with damage reduction. You just have zero damage reduction. So if there's a feat that requires you to have damage reduction or an item, you can still take it. Like if it says increase oh, cool. increase your creature's damage reduction by two, you're considered having a damage reduction of zero, so you can take that. Oh, okay. Normally get DR at level seven, and that's one damage reduction. You get two damage reduction at level 11, and then four damage reduction at level 16. Level 10. Excuse me, you get two damage reduction at level 10, not level 11. So instead, you're getting fast healing one, then fast healing... You're getting fast healing one at level one, which is effectively... It's not really one DR, but it's comparable to one DR. It's, in my opinion, it's better than DR because you can enter a battle hurt and then get healed the first round, and you were never attacked. DR has to be attacked for it to do anything for you. DR does shine through better, though, when you're hit multiple times. It right. will eventually. So it's a. But DR's fantastic. I just think, and I said this in the main episode, I think the Blood Rager's DR is crap. I don't think they get high enough for it to matter. You can get, like, armor that gives you better DR. Adamantine armor does give you DR. Let's look at the. Let's compare it to the Barbarians. It's the exact same as the Barbarians. Which is still bad, in my opinion. <laughs> Except minus the DR3 at level 13. But anyway. The, so you, we've replaced two defensive abilities, Uncanny Dodge and Damage Reduction, with another defensive ability. And now the other defensive ability you get is that you can consume a spell slot and heal yourself for 1d8 per spell level. Now, I think that's actually pretty cool. This, is, I think, again, is like taken from another class in here. The Arcanist wants to like try to take a little bit of flavor from that and throw it in. This isn't half bad. This is at level 5 you get this, and it replaces Improved Uncanny Dodge. I disagree. Healing isn't as powerful in combat in Pathfinder. That's kind of a given. Most people know that. I really like the fast healing ability, and you could probably stack it with stuff like there's that spell that gives fast healing one demon's blood or something like that. When you enter your blood rage, you could apply that on yourself and get even more fast healing, but I feel like the defensive abilities you lose to get this are stronger than the things it replaces. Name for me another class that can heal itself as a swift action aside from Paladin. I mean, that's <laughs> anyone that has a quicken spell. Yeah, you have to quicken spell. These guys can just right off the bat, without modifying anything, they can heal themselves, say, 4d8. They give up a fourth level spell as a swift but action. Like you said, they have Which means they can run into battle. They don't have to change their action. Like, now I cast Cure Light Wounds on myself. I guess I'm not making a four-round attack this but you're, round. But you're spending a spell slot, and you're, oh. getting, and you're getting 2d8. 2d8? If you sacrifice a level 2 spell, that's nothing. What level is Cure Moderate Wounds? Cure Moderate Wounds is a level 2 spell. So I'm getting essentially Cure Moderate Wounds, 2d8 plus level. you're up to 4th level caster. People don't take Cure Moderate Wounds on their spell list, even when they're a full spell caster and they get it super early. You're getting it like 5 levels late, something that people wouldn't take 5 levels earlier on their spell list. That's why everyone gets wands. 
And like you said, you have to come into combat injured. How often does that happen? Everyone walks around with wands, effectively. You don't have to come into combat injured. I'm you in have to get injured, though. Which, guess what, is guaranteed for the Blood Rager. I'm running into battle. I get hurt. I'm healing myself as a swift action instead of spending a move action or a standard action to cast a spell, and I can still get my hits in. Oh. So I pre-buff myself in the beginning of battle, and I don't want to say I don't want to, like, put, I, I put all my points into strength or something, right? I'm not a big interest in the spellcaster. I'm using the spellcaster to kind of buff myself and then use my sword to do my damage. Now in the middle of battle, I'm not stopping to do a standard action or whatever. I can swift action heal myself, continue to do all my attacks. All right, so how about this? Second level spell. Heals 2d8. That is an average of 8 hit points at level, I think, 6. No, level like 7 or 8 for the Blood Rager. You've gotten 8 hit points back. Pretty weak. Compare that to a level 2 spell. Resist energy. You get energy resistance of one type, 10, for 10 minutes a level. That can potentially prevent 70 hit points of damage to you, whereas you've just spent a spell slot to heal yourself for an average of eight hit points. But why not do both? Cast that at the beginning of the Because battle. you're spending your spell slots for doing that. But I'm spending one. And you're also losing your other defensive abilities in addition to that. <sighs> That's it. We're, we're splitting the podcast over this disagreement. <laughs> it's the end. Thank you guys for listening. Healing, I always stick to healing in combat is weak. I like the fast healing. But I think, I think the defensive abilities you lose in exchange for this, getting healing in exchange... Not the strongest. Agree to disagree. <laughs> Let's move on to the next one, because I can't deal with Caitlyn right now. <laughs> I just can't do this right now. Oh All right. Steel-blooded, or steel-blood. Wear heavy armor. Yay. Now called steel-blooded because I made a mistake, and I'm keeping with it. <laughs> I'm going to say that was intentional. You inject the heavy good. armor straight into your veins. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> you, you melt it down. <laughs> no, you are. You're, you're um, Wolverine from X-Men. You have adamantine on your, adamantine on your bones. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so you get heavy armor proficiency. You can cast your Blood Rager spells and heavy armor before without... Before we look at what you're losing, that sounds cool. It is. Because you don't, remember, we talked about, you don't really want to pump your decks up. you got strength to worry about, con to worry about, charisma to worry about. You're probably going to have a low decks. Full armor complements having low decks perfectly. It's yeah. what it's made for, actually. Yeah. So you get the proficiency, and you can cast your spells, which is the really important part. Because any Blood Rager could be like, okay, I'll just take heavy armor proficiency feet. But you don't suffer from arcane spell failure. Which for heavy armor is in like 60-70% Right, stuff. right. So just a level 1, you get the proficiency. You also, in place of fast movement, get a bonus on your combat maneuver checks and combat maneuver defense to overrun combat maneuvers and on reflex saves against trample. I find that interesting because the movement usually helps those two. (laughs) But, I mean, you don't plan to be moving fast on heavy armor, so they had to replace it with something. How many times have you got trampled? Almost never. I can't think of off the head how many beasts have trample. This isn't it, though. You also get plus one to your AC and on attack and damage rolls against charging enemies, which is... Okay, so if an enemy charges you, you get plus one to your AC, but the attack and damage rolls one, so you basically have to brace your weapon. You have to take a prepared action to attack someone. So th- this is kind of really niche abilities. You lose a generally useful thing in fast movement just to get these really niche bonuses. I won't give them charging, though. Charging is something I definitely have my, as a, as a GM, have my uh, beasts do because it's just getting into battle, run in and do that one attack before we start anything. Right. But it's, I think it's something that comes up fairly often. I'm just saying that in order to make use of this, you have to essentially do a prepared action, which might change the way you planned on 
gotcha. playing your character. Like, you, you think of a Blood Rager, as you've said multiple times, charging in. Right. This wouldn't be charging. You'd sit back, you know, buff yourself up. Come then, to me, man. Then I take a prepared it. action with, like, a brace weapon. Listen, this is XCOM all over again. Like, why move in? Just stay on Overwatch, stay in the back, let them come to you. Abuse the AI, make them come over. That's right. <laughs> Funnel them in. Can I tell you how impatient I am? I'll, like, have the perfect position, and, like, two turns, will, and they're not at me yet, and I'm like, that's I'm going in. And I go in there right at the edge, and out comes, like, 900 cyber discs. All of a sudden, I'm having a bad time. All right, so that's just the thing we get at level one, and we start a whole conversation about that. At level two, you lose Uncanny Dodge. But you get... You lose the ability to wear heavy armor. What? <laughs> you, you lose on candy. It only lasts to level one, guys. Sorry. It's Dude, a, it's a level one dip class. There should be something like that. <laughs> where, there, where there is. We'll see it in the brawler. There is something that gives you it and essentially takes it away. Oh, I'm so excited, guys. I hope you guys can't wait to see it. <laughs> so level two, you lose on candy dodge, but you get fast movement back. Kind of. You get five feet to your movement speed while you're moving, wearing medium and heavy armor. Well, not too bad. So, although you're still slowed by technically five feet until you get mithril, or if you never wear mithril. But still, it's nice. You move a little bit faster than heavy armor than other people. Now, this is the really fun part. At level five, you lose improved uncanny dodge. But you get armor training like a fighter, and this scales up every few levels. Armor training is an incredibly powerful and underrated ability, I find. Most people don't value it very much. Like you said, when you think of fighter archetypes, you're like, okay, I might want to replace armor training. Armor training is really powerful and increases the max dex, and you can now wear medium and eventually heavy armor with no hit on your movement speed. So you're going to be getting that fast movement back eventually. Yeah, it just takes a little while. Mm -hmm. So this is the kind of thing like where you lose something in the beginning, but you kind of get it back. You, you scale up with it really well. Now, also, this one really disappoints me. You lose your damage. You <laughs> oh. lose your damage reduction, which makes me sad because when I think of an armored Hulk, you know, having DR seems to go along with that. But at level seven, you lose your damage reduction. Instead, you are allowed to sacrifice a spell as an immediate action when you're attacked, and you get a deflection bonus to your AC equal to the spell level sacrifice. So the highest this will ever be is level is, is four. Is four. So the only you can do it specifies you can do this after the attack roll is rolled so if you know that guy only missed you by one two three or four you can essentially negate the hit can you stack this sacrifice two level four spells get plus eight no because they'd both be a deflection bonus gotcha oh yes of course derp derp so like i i really like this archetype i think it fits being a person in heavy armor really well but like i said i'm disappointed at the loss of dr even though you can get adamantine armor and get it back essentially Right, but it's better to have it with its bonus. Right. How do you feel about it? I like it, actually. I like. I, I know it looks a little complicated, but that usually is a, signal, a signifier of pretty good. Not always, but sometimes it is. I think it's, though it's complicated, it's, as it's scaling up, I like it. I want to be aware of the heavy armor. Like we said earlier, AC is kind of the lowest point of the Blood Rager. It's one of his biggest weaknesses, his will save, and his AC. So I like it. So if we look at what we lose, we lose defensive abilities, but we're getting defensive abilities back. The only thing I'm upset about losing is fast movement, and we kind of get it back. Essentially, yeah. I mean, we lose Uncanny Dodge, we lose Improved Uncanny Dodge, and DR. So we lost all these defensive abilities, but I think we get comparable defense abilities back. I got six inches back. of steel, bro. Yeah. <laughs> I think we... you have to get six inches of steel? That'd be kind of heavy. You're like, you're like a big daddy from Bioshock. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we got our last archetype now, the Untouchable Razor. I haven't read it. It is going to be my favorite. We know this. I have a poster in my den of the movie Untouchables, favorite movie <laughs> of all time. Whatever this is, I'm picking it. 
I am untouchable. Best name for a archetype ever. We'll find that you can be touched. <laughs> That's not what this is about, actually. So, first, Gross. this is about spell resistance. No, not by girls, right? Ew, cooties. <laughs> Ew. Cooties. That's why I wanted this. <laughs> I wanted that six inches of steel. <laughs> All right, so right off the bat, you don't get spell casting. Red lights. Red lights. Weep, 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 weep. Alert, alert. <laughs> like any, any troops have entered the base. Anything that replaces spell casting for any class, immediately be very wary of. We'll see with the investigator that this usually ends up being total crap. Uh, Christian, I'm giving the benefit of the doubt. It's got an untouchable name. It's got to be good. What is it? Lay it on me. At level four, when you would normally get spells, you get spell resistance while raging equal to eight plus your level, your blood rager level. This cannot be lowered while you're raging. You always have that spell resistance up. So, And allies can't target you with spells, essentially, or they have to overcome your spell resistance. This goes up by one at level seven, 10, 13, and 16. At level 14, you get spell resistance even when you're not raging, and you can lower it when you're not raging. I don't think so. We're both making faces right now. Is spell resistance really worth losing all the spells? You might as well be freaking go back to being a barbarian. The big thing that worries me, I feel like Paizo didn't finish this archetype. (laughs) And we're going to see this a few more times. Again, with the investigator, we're going to see that I feel like they didn't finish this archetype because... When, remember, when the Blood Rager hits level 11, when they get greater Blood Rage, when they rage, they can cast a spell on themselves as a free action. They get nothing to make up for that. They, they just completely nix that ability. It's still there. You still technically get it, but you can't make use of it because you don't have spells. Yeah, this is weird. It is... You're, you're gimping this class. That's what that is. I wouldn't say gimping, because it's, it's pretty powerful spell resistance. I mean, at level 4, that is 12 spell resistance. No, I'll, I'll give them that, but you're losing half of what you do. Exactly, yeah, like... Yeah, no, I'd say... You that, may have spell resistance, but everything can still hit you in the face. And you like, can't use your spells to increase your AC or dodge bonus or anything like that. So like I said, keep in mind, spells are the end-all, be-all in Pathfinder. They are ultimate versatility. They allow you to shape the world to what you want it to be. And... If you lose that, you have to get something really big in return. And I think a medium-range spell resistance is nowhere near enough to get to in return for that. You're wrong. It says untouchable. I have to pick it. I'm sorry. <laughs> the only time I'd ever pick this is if I was in a low magic campaign and it was like no spellcasters allowed. Oh. But then pick the barbarian. Yeah, I know. Stop it. <laughs> you still get the bloodline stuff. Yeah. So you got that flavor going for you. Hmm. I don't know. It's like taking half the flavor out of, out of the ranger. Like I just feel like they didn't finish this just because there's that class ability, the Greater Blood Rage, yeah, that that is just effectively made useless with no compensation. I'll give for them it. this: there's not many other ways to get spell resistance that's worth a darn. Right, right. This, this may be the best I can think of of all the classes. The best spell resistance you can get as a player, because eight plus your level. Let's just say that you're level ten. Eighteen plus one at seven, so now I'm at nineteen. At level ten, not too bad. That's not too, you're like, you got like a forty, maybe fifty percent chance of avoiding stuff, right. depending on the enemy's caster level. Well, here, let's look this up. CR <laughs> a dragon would be uh, well. Dragons CR typically 10. have lower caster level than their character. CR ten is good for a, a single. Um, so if we have a CR ten spellcaster, a CR ten spellcaster would be level eleven typically, which means they get a plus eleven. 
to their spell resistance checks right off the bat without even getting more items, without getting more feats or class abilities. So right there you have like a 40% chance of blocking their t spells, which isn't terrible. That's not bad. All right, so let's throw our Blood Rager at level 11. So level 11 plus 8 is 19, plus 1 for 7, plus 1 for 10 is 21. All right, so you have 21 spell resistance. All right, and we're going to go up against adult brass dragon, which should be never fight because they're good. Come on, guys. <laughs> but he has a spell resistance of 22. You have equal spell minus one spell resistance to a brass dragon. Now, what if that brass dragon tried to cast a spell at me? He's a seventh uh, level caster. So you actually, when he casts spells, he rolls 1d20. He had seven, and he has to beat your 21. So right there, that's against creatures with spell-like abilities. That's pretty strong. So you're actually kind of, uh, we shouldn't say medium, I think we need to uh, amend our statement to say you are average for the beasts you'll be coming up against. This is I, average CR that you'll face at level 10 or 11. And again, we're looking at dragons, which have a weaker caster level. A lot of creatures have a stronger caster. A weaker caster level, but they have a high spell resistance. Right, right. It's And you have almost the same to them, but as a player, you might go up against something like a succubus, which I know right off the bat has like twice their caster level, or right. twi twice their CR in caster level. So it depends on the things you fight, but it, this 8 plus level that scales up, it's it's pretty, I'd say almost above average. Right. Like, it's the best, if you want SR, this is the best you can get it, but you're just, you're, you're making your spell rager lose things that make him iconic. Right. You're basically barbarian with blood flavor a little bit. Yep, and, but you're losing the uh, bloodline abilities. You have to take another... another um, <laughs> yeah, take Untouchable archetype. Blood Rager and then take Primalist and just be a barbarian. Primal <laughs> Untouchable Rager. <laughs> Alright, so that's all the archetypes for Blood Rager. Now we're going to go into builds that me and Caleb made for a Blood Rager character just to test it out, see what we can do with it. Yeah. My build, I, do, I wanted to make an elf blood rager you don't typically think of an elf as someone being like the uncivilized barbarian so i've been trying to flavor it what i'm going to go with is that they were part of almost a cult that believed that magic wasn't the greatest thing because elves usually have that magical flavor and they kind of eschewed magic and this person was a big advocate of that they thought magic wasn't great and then they found magic one day are <laughs> <laughs> they they encountered like civilizations that had magic and they realized that like oh wait we're a cult this is a lie and he got kind of angry at that <laughs> and he, he's like all right so i'm an elf i should probably learn magic now but he didn't have the teaching he didn't have the basis so he couldn't do it so he got angry and then his anger made him get blood rage magic <laughs> so that's my flavor for this character don't elves as racial traits get something with bloodlines or is that only for sorcerer they get they get like spell penetration okay as a racial ability which i think i replaced with something else oh okay first thing i had to do was pick a bloodline and i was looking through them all and i decided to go on arcane and as i went through arcane i realized i feel like this bloodline stands head and shoulders over the other bloodlines this one really sticks out so we know what level... Why is that, Christian? <laughs> well, Caleb, as we know... <laughs> I'm glad you asked. Let me tell you. As we know, at level 11, when the Blood Rager gets greater blood rage, they can apply a spell to themselves when they rage, kind of as a free action. And this is one of the stronger abilities of the Blood Rager. The Arcane Bloodline gets that ability at level 4, and at level 8, and at level 16, and they all stack. So you can have up to three, four spells on yourself at once when you enter Blood Rage. Wow. So let, let's just take a look at my build. So I wanted him in combat hitting people with a weapon. That was I wanted to use a two-handed weapon, kind of stereotypical there. Threw on an Elven Curb Blade. That's the weapon he uses. 
He runs into combat, buffs himself up, and hits people with the sword. So that's what I'm going for here. He takes a lot of self-buffing spells, such as Enlarge Person, Long Arm, Expeditious Retreat, Mirror Image, Spider Climb, things like that. Stuff that makes him better at combat, both defensive and offensive abilities. I have to remind me, can you switch out those spells, or is that permanent once you pick one? They are permanent. Once you learn them, you will learn them. For his feats, kind of the very, very staple array of feats, he has toughness for more HP to make up for having a D10 hit die instead of a D12. He has weapon focus, elven curve blade. He's got extra rage, and he has arcane strike, which is a really cool feat to take for blood ragers because your caster level is equal to your class level. An arcane strike gives you bonus damage on attacks based on your caster level. Mm. So I activate arcane strike, I activate power attack, I rage, and then I run into combat. Right now, I have <laughs> I have this character at level 10 right now, so I've activated all those abilities, and I have a plus one furious elven curve blade. So what furious means is that it's stronger when you're raging. So I have a plus 18 to hit, and I deal 1d10 plus 25 damage. You don't even need to roll a dice. Just the plus 25 is crazy. Yeah, it, it's pretty hefty, and that's what the Blood Rager is about. But this is a, this that's not even it. Remember, I talked about the Arcane Bloodline. I can apply the effects of spells when I enter Blood Rage. When I enter my um, Blood Rage, at level 4, you can pick between Blur, Protection from Arrows, and Resist Energy, or Spider Climb. So if you know you're entering combat with a Green Dragon, you can automatically apply Resist Energy Acid. If you know you're going against Archers, you can get Protection from Arrows and get a bunch of DR against Arrows. Or you can give yourself Blur as a defensive ability. At level 8... I can also choose in between haste and displacement. Both incre- both incredibly powerful spells. Yeah. Haste itself is like hail does an incredibly powerful spell. And note, right now, I can only cast haste is a level three spell for me. I can only cast two level three spells a day, but whenever I rage, I have the effect of a level three spell on me. Wow. The thing is, is I get one of each. So I can get protection from arrows from my level four, and I can get haste from my level eight, and I get both of those spells. So if I choose, you know, haste when I rage, now I have plus 18, plus 18 to my attack rolls. I get two of them as a full round action, and they each do 1d10 plus 25 damage. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Wow. That's crazy. That, that's And remember, this is an elf, so... As a fighter, I would be so angry that you were outshining me if I was a fighter in a campaign with this well, guy. Well, the, the big weakness this character has is, although I do sometimes with blur and displacement on myself for defense i only have 17 ac at level 10 i basically get automatically hit by everything at this level although i do have a lot of hit points i have 118 (laughs) because i kind of average out the hit point i did like three four hit points what's your armor i'm only wearing a breastplate plus one mithril breastplate so it doesn't slow me down okay oh right and another thing i did is that elves one of the reasons i pick elves is because i like move speed and the elf alternate racial trait is that you get plus one to your move speed every level. So when I'm raging, I move uh, 60 feet. Wow. And I, I have fast movement, and then I have basically plus 10 feet. And I think I even got magic items. Let's look at my magic items. I, of course, have a belt of giant strength plus two. I have boots that increase my speed by 10 feet. And, you know, I got a cloak of resistance. I stacked myself an extend metamagic rod because, you know, I have those self-buff spells. That I can't even cast level 4 spells yet, so my lesser extend metamagic rod can be used 3 times a day just to extend my 10 minutes per level buffs or my 1 hour level buffs. I can only use my lesser extension rod like once a 
once a week. I'm I'm not as I'm just not as a uh, as productive as you, I guess. <laughs> I have a headband of alluring charisma plus two because you know I need charisma to cast spells. I have pearl of power, which is a level two one, so I can get one level two spell back a day after I used it. And as for my ability scores, I gave myself high strength. I have 18 right now after my level adjustments and... Or I have a base of 18 after my level adjustments and such. I have a total of 24 when raging. I have 14 dexterity. I started with 12 con. So I remember elves have a penalty to constitution, so I had to bring it from 8 to 12. 10 int, 10 wisdom, and I started with 13 or 14 charisma. So all in all, this this character is pretty powerful. Yeah. It, it kind of achieves the same thing that a barbarian does, but I can apply haste and displacement to myself for free, which is kind of unfair, I feel. Dude, your damage is incredible. I'm with 118 hit points. Who cares I'm, I'm if you not, get hit? Yeah, that, well, that's the whole point of barbarian. Like, fighters are supposed to have high AC, so they don't get hit. Barbarians slash blood ragers, I'm supposed to have temp HP, and I'm supposed to have DR to try and compensate for the fact that I'm going to get hit a lot. Right. Well, I'm impressed. I don't even want to go over mine anymore. <laughs> but let's do so anyway. Um, I, I also averaged out my XP. I didn't do three, four, so just did a half. Okay. As if I had rolled a five on all the dice. Um, so I only got 85 health at, at level 10. But uh, my ability... You're a human? I what? am a human, and I'll explain to you why that in a second. But let's okay. go my abilities real quick. I got a 20 strength, 10 dex, 14 con, 10 int, 10 wisdom, and... 14 charisma. So you went straight for that strength. I did. Yeah. I, uh, I'm not big on, which apparently still isn't going to do as much damage as you, and you figured out cool things, but you'll see. Um, I'm, I'm negative, uh, disinclined to be negative, so I didn't put anything down, which I should have to increase my con, but whatever. Let's uh, talk about why... Uh, well, so first, let's go with the Blood Rager thing. Um, I'm destined. The protagonist bloodline. For greatness. <laughs> uh, um, I'm going to go over these, and I'm going to explain kind of why I made them special. So first, one of the things I get at 8th level is I can reroll an attack roll once during a Blood Rage. Now, uh, the reason this is interesting is if uh, I have strong comeback, which means whenever I can reroll something, I get a plus 2 bonus on the reroll. So I'm, I'm really taking advantage of this. You're focusing on the rerolls. Yes. Okay, that's cool. I like that. At 12th level, when I make an attack, when somebody makes an attack against me that result in my death, I can make a DC 20, 20 fortitude save. And be reduced instead just to one hit point. I have great fortitude and improved great fortitude. So uh, you if, really don't want to die. <laughs> no, no, I don't want to die. So if I get a sucky roll, I got a one. Yeah, you know what? Bam, reroll that strong comeback. Add that plus two. I'm back to one HP, friend. And what's your fort save at right now? My fort save is at plus eleven, and I have no magic items at all. Oh, so, so you could throw on a cloak of resistance plus two or three. And, right. You know, you got a. 12, yeah. 13, 14 to your fort save. Everything I see about my character is like the base thing I can do without adding any sort of weird items. So all the stuff can be increased depending on what you find, depending on the kind of level, kind of campaign um, your GM is running. I get a plus one bonus to AC and on saving throws, so my fortitude now is getting another plus one. Whenever you're raging? While I'm blood raging. And at 8th level and every 4 levels after, it increases by one. Oh, so here, um... Activate Blood Rage on your character sheet. Let's see what your fort save goes up to then. It goes up to 15. Goes up to, and that's without magic items. So right there, you have a 75% chance to make that DC 20 fort save to not die. Yeah. Yay, 1 HP. <laughs> I wish it wasn't limited once per day because it could just keep happening to me. I could just keep going back to 1 HP. Does it eventually per- scale up? I know Samurai gets a similar ability and they can use it a few times. No. Oh. 
I'd, as a DM, I'd give you an item that lets you use that a second time a day or something. But here's something. It says you may reroll an attack once during a Blood Rage, not once a day. Right. So if I end Blood Rage and start it again, I could do it again. So it looks like this bloodline is a lot of um, buffs while you're raging, like a lot of really passive stuff, like to saving mm-hmm. throws and AC and attack rolls, and also the re-rolling to protect your life, like really thematic. I like it because it's really thematic. Like the Destin, we said it was a protagonist thing. Right. Like if someone crits you for 100 damage, you'd be like, nah, man, 1 HP. <laughs> <laughs> Dragon use is crushed. It's too bad. <laughs> but uh, I also have uh, this thing I haven't really tooled for yet, but Unstoppable at level 16, critical threats are automatically confirmed. I already picked a weapon that has an eighteen twenty critical threat range. You could take feats or give it special, um, make it of certain things, or give it special we- um, weapon qualities to make that fifteen to 20. fifteen to twenty or something even better. So um, because that, of, because it's at sixteen, I'm only level ten. I haven't even begun to worry about it. The level sixteen, that's just a flat, you know, twenty five percent chance to crit right there. That's right, pretty right. strong. Right, right, right. Now I get extra feats, uh, bloodline feats, right? And the ones I got, uh, I picked were uh, Improved Initiative. Me too. That's what my character picked. Oh, good for you. <laughs> uh, how smart we are. I love it. Which, I mean, it brings my initiative plus four. Oh, you're right. I you had, didn't have any decks. I have no decks. So I really, I mean, I could either put, you know, eight points into a decks or I can just take this one feat. I often don't like taking this feat, but with initiative zero, I just really felt I had to take it. It's not so bad with Blood Rager. Since you have Uncanny Dodge, you can't be caught flat-footed. So you... You actually, I would even consider not taking that because if an enemy's going to come attack you, you're not flat-footed, and then your turn starts and they're adjacent to you, full-round action. Hmm. Okay. Because so that, that's something I've always thought about. Like, if you're someone that's guaranteed to go last, you could always use that somehow. Well, usually, but usually, I think, at least as, as when I'm, as a GM, make things, make uh, encounters, I can't think of many encounters I make where the guys usually come at my players and try to... Sur- like usually there's well, usually enough. like beasts and stuff would do that. That's true, but usually my 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 uh, beasts are my beast as in bestiary, the enemies, the opponents I've given my players smart enough to make a position ahead of time mm-hmm. and try to use it to take that advantage. But you're right. That's okay. if a, I just say it's something a bear comes at you, I can plant my feet and say, "Come at me, bro, <laughs> you son of a bitch!" On my turn, you motherfucker. <laughs> uh, lightning reflexes, and I know what you're saying. Why are you getting lightning reflexes? Because my reflex save uh, was my worst. My intention is to increase all of my saves. All my feats are going to be spent on, uh, you know, the the things that boost and lets me re-roll. Like the, the Great Fortitude and Improved Great Fortitude. Uh, lightning Reflexes and Improved Lightning Reflexes. I'm going to be doing all of that. Because I have the uh, strong comeback. So I want to really take advantage of being able to re Because you get a plus things. two on all those when you re-roll. Mm-hmm. As for my spells, they're uh, mostly buffing ones. I haven't actually picked them all, but um, mostly buffing AC. Right now my AC is at 16. I just have an Agile Breastplate. Again, not special, just a one you get out of the shop. So um, I get automatically Shield and Blur from my Bloodline. Mm-hmm. And so I'm going to pick Mage Armor. Other ones, I just want to kind of buff myself armor-wise. Your guy was really like 25 damage. What you going to do about <laughs> that? hit me. I'll, my, hit, I'll hit you back. <laughs> yeah, my idea is to stay alive as long as I can. I want to be more of the tank of the group. I want to be able to go out in front, say hit me, so my uh, my other allies can do what they're going to do. Okay. So uh, other feats I have, is there's a reason I picked human. One, I get to add the plus two to whatever stat I wanted. Obviously went to strength. Uh, I get this. I get uh, plus one skill every level, which is good because I've got zero end. Mm-hmm. I need that. But I got all of these feats that only humans can get, and it is the 
Defiant Luck. The Luck Chain. Yeah, it starts with Defiant Monk, which means after I roll a natural one on a saving throw or a critical hit is confirmed against me, I can re-roll that saving throw or force that creature to re-roll that critical hit thing. And you can use it twice per day at this level. Yes. Now, with, not only with Strong Comeback, this stacks with Great Fortitude. Ah. So with Great Fortitude... Uh, I'm sorry, with Improved Great Fortitude. So I may re-roll a Fortitude save... You must decide to use this build. I, I give me roll a fortitude save. You take the second roll, even if it's worse. So I, I roll. Oh crap! I've gotten a one on my fortitude save to to die. I'm gonna use defiant luck. I roll again. Crap! I rolled a two. <laughs> even with strong comeback, that's not enough. All right, improve great fortitude. I'm allowed to re-roll one more time, and I get my third. And I have to take that third result. But it doesn't matter if I'm using. If I'm gonna roll three times, I know I'm taking that third anyway. Uh, so. Like, I have a high chance, and this is especially... Right, when we looked at you when you were raging, you had a plus 15 to your fort save, and that's without magic items. So right. you had a 75% chance to succeed. So you had 75% chance, then you had 75% chance, and if you had to do the third one, you save that improved great fortitude for whenever you have to make this death save. Mm-hmm. You can make a third one, and you're basically guaranteed to succeed. And it's if- pretty much telling your GM, unless you're going to somehow reduce my fortitude through a spell, don't make me any fortitude saves that you want me to not make. Yeah. And then it's eventually going to be going, as I said, I'm going to be getting all of these with my feet. So eventually I'll be able to go three times for each of my three saves. Mm. But right now it's only actually only three times with my fortitude save and two times with reflex and will. So what's the rest of the luck chain do? Uh, I also have inexplicable luck, which means as a free reaction, before a roll is made, I can get a plus eight bonus on any d20 roll. If I choose to use this ability after a roll is made, I get a plus four instead. Oh, so it's like once a day you kind of get a hero point. Exactly. I'm, I'm making sure I, I, I hit. And then I have Bestow Luck, which allows me to, I get an extra use of Defiant Luck, which is the one I like to, which is more important to me than, than Inexplicable Luck. That was the first one that let you re-roll right. a natural one or something? Yep. And so now I can do that. I can re-roll a save four times oh if my. I really want to. <laughs> or re-roll it three times for a total of rolling it four times. And I can also grant inexplicable luck to an ally which is actually kind of more important to me than me using inexplicable luck on myself Mm. give that to my ally so i'm almost kind of like a buffing guy i'm buffing myself sorry i'm buffing myself to ac i'm buffing my allies not super much but i can have some spells that buff my allies a little bit and then i just survive my idea is i want to survive my 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 allies will kill the rest and I really, I really like the idea around building around that death saving throw that's a really really cool ability and I, th- I think making uh, maximum use of that is a really cool character idea. And for traits, I just picked things that increased, uh, I think, my will and my my reflex, because my reflex and will were the lower of the two saves. Right. So two very different builds. Mm-hmm. Neither of us used an archetype this time. Right. I, I wasn't crazy about any of the archetypes. Yeah, none was none of them I looked at, I was like, I really want to make that one. <laughs> they were like, if you have the specific... Untouchable! Ca- <laughs> if you have this really specific character idea, there was an archetype to make that really specific character idea. You know, this might be a class... The, the build I made, I mean, might be an untouchable. Lose your spellcast? Because the spellcasting, all I'm using is the buffing spellcasting. It's just to make my AC better. Because you are... <laughs> you- no, no, no. Before, this is what Christian did. He just tapped me on my shoulder. Like he, he was so excited he couldn't get it out of his mouth, and his body had to release was, the excitement. I was, like, oh, kill, kill, kill. I was thinking, because you're good at spell resistance if you have the untouchable. So people have trouble hitting you with spells, and people have trouble killing you because of your massive fort save thingy. Yeah. So it's, it's kind of like... Go ahead, Kudagrami, bro. <laughs> Try it, go ahead. 
I choose to, I choose to fail that save. Let me roll my special reduce me to one hit point save. I choose to fail that save. So I could try it three other times. <laughs> but you were saying. Uh, you're, you're def- the untouchable would give you, you know, the spell defense, which you kind of lack here, because what you're trying to get with your lightning reflex and your mm-hmm. uh, iron wills, untouchable would make you more immune to those things, or at least more resistant to those things, whereas, you know, you're immune, you're resistant to the physical thing because you're trying to get high AC, and you have the ability to negate h- hits against you if they're going to kill you. Right. So that that's a pretty good idea. I would Maybe almost that. consider it. Yeah. I, I actually would never do it myself, but, but we're considering. It, it's to consider. And you can see that Christian was able to get that freaking plus 25 and all these different things because he didn't clog up all his feats with this. Like, my feats are really clogged. It's all with a bunch of, like, passive buff. Get a, you know, I can re-roll this. I can plus that. None of these things were really, like, active use power attack. Use things to manipulate the battlefield. So I'm really clogging up my feats with this, whereas you made, I think, better use of your feats when it comes well, I, to being was, kind of versatile. I was focusing much more on being offensive than defense. I didn't spend any of my gold on defense. I didn't spend any of my feats really on defense. I might have gotten, like, Iron Will, but that's it. I, all, all of my feats, I took Arcane Strike. I took Power Attack. Right. Arcane Strike, by the way, is very brilliant. I like that. Yeah, it's, they actually have a specific one for Blood Rager. It's like, it's if you use Vital Strike and Arcane Strike and you, you're a Blood Rager, it was a really weird one, but it, it was really cool. that I, I always found it really neat that I could use that. So I use a two-handed weapon, and I got Power Attack, and I Rage, and I Arcane Strike, and that's where I get the math really big damage from. Thank you for staying for extra credit. I hope you guys learned a little more about how you can actually build your Blood Rager. Learned more about the archetypes. Class dismissed. Pathfinder Academy is part of the Trailblazer Network. Visit our site for other great Pathfinder podcasts. I've been Nicholas Laborde. Thanks for listening.